The ground we stand on accounts for only 30% of the Earth's surface. So what about the rest? Well, that other 70% is our world ocean, which to many of us land dwellers may seem like a foreign concept, an intangible body of water largely separated from our day-to-day -day lives. But in reality, the ocean is the one common link that connects us all. The food we eat, the air we breathe, the storms we ride, and the economies we build are all dependent on our world ocean. On this podcast, we will dive into emerging markets, innovative technology, and conservation efforts to shed light on the ocean, the other 70%, that enables us to have a footprint, a home, and a life on Earth. The other 70% is brought to you by Nortec. As ocean enthusiasts, researchers, and technologists, we are on a mission to make an impact through innovation, exploration, and activism above and below the surface. Help keep us exploring by subscribing on your podcast platform of choice. Hello to everyone out there listening, and welcome back to this week's episode of The Other 70%. I'm your host, Nevin DiParlo, and today we will be hearing from a well-known ocean conservation group the ocean cleanup. Their lofty goal to remove 90% of plastic from the ocean has received attention worldwide. To accomplish this goal, the organization is developing innovative technologies to trap plastic floating in ocean gyres, such as the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Large U-shaped barriers are used to catch and remove the trillions of pieces of plastic currently littering the ocean. Creating these technologies requires a team of technical experts, including lead computational modeler Bruno St. Rose, our guest for today. In this episode of The Other 70%, Bruno breaks down the ocean cleanup's mission, how modeling comes into play in developing a successful solution, and the ways we can make a difference in the health of our oceans. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode with Bruno. Bruno, welcome to The Other 70%, a podcast presented by Nortec, and we're, we're super happy to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, Looking no forward we're, to we're, the discussion. Me too. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Um, so for those of you who, who may not be familiar, I guess, with ocean pollution and ocean, ocean plastic pollution in, in particular, would you be able to just provide a little bit of background you know, into what the ocean cleanup is doing and why it is so important, just at a, you know, a high level. Yeah, so um, as some of you know, uh, the, the ocean pollution is, uh, is something that is uh, quite, uh, quite scary, uh, one must say. The, the, there is an estimation of, um, of uh, several million tons of plastic entering the ocean uh, every year. Um, the, the, so basically, as you know, plastic doesn't go away by itself. It takes uh, hundreds or even thousands of years to, uh, to decompose into, uh, into uh, something that won't harm the environment anymore. But in the meantime, for all those years, it will be it will be there, and if nothing is done to to remove it, then it will uh, it will do its harm for for all those years. And at the ocean cleanup, um, we are actually uh, 
targeting two types of, um, of uh, ocean plastic pollution. Uh, is the, the what, what we call the legacy uh, plastic pollution, which is the, the plastic that has been floating around in the so-called uh, garbage patches, which are uh, regions of the ocean where uh, plastic uh, accumulates. And these uh, regions are located uh, a few thousand miles away from the, the coastlines. Uh, it's, uh, it's really far from any kind of civilization and it's quite striking to see that, that you know, like the, the natural forces of, the, of nature end up um, accumulating this plastic there. Uh, the most um, uh, known uh, area is the, is the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which is located uh, halfway between uh, Hawaii and California. And that's our primary uh, uh, location of, uh, of operations. And there we are developing uh, floating technologies uh, to clean uh, this plastic. And um, so that's the, the, the legacy pollution. And on the other end, I mean, we can keep on cleaning up, but if we don't close the tap, uh, then the plastic will keep on uh, entering those oceans. So that's why um, uh, one year ago, we revealed uh, the other side of the, of the project, which is uh, uh, the, the rivers project, where we are actually building uh, machines that are able to, uh, to remove uh, the plastic uh, from uh, river mouths. And um, let's say that the, 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 the main um, idea behind the ocean cleanup is, is, is to do it in a, in a smart way and, way and work with the, the forces of nature to make it happen. And we, we understood that, the, the, for example, for rivers, uh, the, the river is a, kind of, is a natural way of plastic to be accumulated. So bringing the plastic from land into those rivers before actually being uh, dispersed again once reaching the ocean. So that's why we're targeting really uh, rivers specifically. We're not going, uh, uh, let's say, close to the shore, but directly in the rivers. And then uh, for the oceans, uh, um, our idea is to also uh, uh, sort of follow the current uh, to because where the, the, the plastic accumulates, then anything that will somewhat follow the current, so uh, which has a, a, a very uh, a small relative velocity uh, to, to the current will, will also uh, accumulate where the plastic is. So yeah, that's the, the main idea is to, to as much as possible, uh, try to work with nature to make the, the cleanup happen. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like it's really, it's a multi-step or multi-pronged approach, right? Because I think on land, a lot of people actually see pollution, right? Maybe if you're around some of the really heavily polluted rivers, you can see those, the, the plastic floating down the river from the shoreline. Um, but you know, the ocean is kind of like out of sight, out of mind for a lot of exactly. people. They, they don't really understand or, or can't comprehend how much plastic is actually floating. And I think one of the things that you guys advertise is that, you know, there's roughly 5 trillion individual pieces of plastic floating in, you know, the, the world's oceans. Yes. And, you know, that's something that, again, being out of sight, it's really out of people's mind. Maybe they drop a piece of trash on the, on the street and they have no idea where it ultimately ends up. And a lot of it does end up 
in the ocean. Mm -hmm. um, just to give some more context, you mentioned the five main garbage patches that are floating in the, the gyres, right, mm -hmm. in the world oceans. Um, can you provide some context into how large those actually are? Like the, specifically, I guess, the Great Pacific Patch um, yeah, like compared so to countries or states? So the, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, so our estimation of the area where the density of plastic floating is above one kilogram per uh, square kilometer, we estimate that to 1.6 million square kilometer. Wow. So that's uh, basically three times the size of France, for example. Yeah. But there is also a, a little bit of... A, uh, a false uh, image, I, I wouldn't say fake news, uh, that, the, that is the, at some point they were calling it the plastic continent. I mean, that's, that's, that's totally untrue because it's not a, a location where you can actually walk on, but yeah. it's, it's rather to, um, to highlight the fact that, uh, you know, if you go, let's say, a few hundred miles away from the coastline, then the, 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 the density of plastic that you can find floating at the surface will go down. And then once you get close to those um, um, conversion zones, I mean, it's, it's, it's a matter of currents. I mean, the, how the currents are, are shaped make uh, any floating object sort of concentrate in, 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 in a specific location. Uh, there you, you see the, the, the density of plastic uh, rising. And it's, it's, it's really uh, very striking that you're so far from, uh, from land. I mean, the, the, the closest uh, human beings that are, are just flying above it uh, once in a while is the International Space Station. And, and then you see like very like big objects and, and also like, you, you know, common goods that you can find on land that end up like, uh, let's say, uh, five to 10 years afterwards end up there and, and, and are doing their arm so far away from their source. And as yeah. you said, uh, one of the biggest issues with what we are doing is that we are, we are, not, we are not cleaning uh, anyone's, uh, uh, let's say, territories in a way. Uh, obviously for rivers, we do because we, we have to install those rivers in, in, in countries and, and for municipalities. But for the ocean, uh, it's basically no man's land or no man's ocean, uh, so to speak. Right. And uh, that's also where, you know, like the, the, the having uh, such a, a, um, uh, an outreach uh, so is so important to us because uh, obviously it's, uh, we are not doing uh, neither business to cu customer nor business to business approach. We're doing a business to world approach where it's yeah. actually, you know, like the world's, uh, um, you know, support that will actually allow us to reach our goal. And so it's sort of in summary on the, just the general process of how this works and how we're all connected on land is that you're walking down the street, you drop a piece of trash, your trash gets littered, somehow makes its way, you know, either directly off of the coast and into the, into the ocean or outflows through rivers, which are, you know, what are considered the arteries, I guess, of ocean plastic pollution. And then 
Can you explain a little bit more about how the, the actual patches form and what the currents do to influence where they form? Yeah, so um, um, as you uh, perfectly uh, pictured it, so, so basically if you, if you drop a piece of plastic on land, then you have what is called the catchment area, which is basically, uh, the, 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 let's say, the area that if uh, uh, there is a rain or anything that will start uh, transporting this plastic, will make it fall in a, in a river, um, and uh, and then so so you can be like in the in the, the middle of a continent, uh, you drop uh, something and it ends up in the river. So once it's in the river river, it can you know sometimes end up on the on the bank of the of the of the river. But then still, I mean, the river is always flowing towards the towards the ocean. So even if it's on a bank, then it will take maybe a few months or a few years. Then it will it will eventually uh, end up uh, at the river mouth. And then at the river mouth, you add a few more, uh, a little bit more time because it can also happen that you know when you're in the uh, in the coastal area, you have the the the, the again the beaching process. You have uh, some waves that that may um, um, lead uh, your plastic to beaching. And then after some time, if your plastic is still uh, is still is still floating, huh, because uh, one should say that that you know the, the the not all plastics are actually floating you have a good uh, a, a fair proportion of plastic that, that directly sinks like once it reaches the river it will just sink um, and then if the, the the plastic is still able to float then it will be trapped into a, a, st a strong currents sort of uh, highways like if you, you keep like kind of the traveling uh, a metaphor uh, highways like the, the, the Gulf Stream, the Korosho uh, current, that is the one that you have in, uh, in East Asia. And there it will uh, be driven uh, uh, really far offshore. And there um, you have what is called the convergence zones, uh, which are created by uh, uh, what's called the geostrophic uh, currents. So it's basically uh, um, the, the, the result of the interaction between the atmosphere and the, and the current uh, in very uh, deep water uh, that will create kind of, a, a kind of whirlpools uh, if, you, if, you, if you would be uh, um, uh, very uh, uh, trying to, to, to make right. it sound as familiar as possible. So just a circular current, basically. Yeah, that, kind of a that, circular current. And, and there's no way for the garbage is the, to is, the, is, is that it's, it's, it's circular. I mean, it's between quotes because it's, uh, it's uh, if you see it as, uh, if you average it over time, and in space, then it actually looks circular, but it's, it's more a collection of really small vortices, but overall, let's say that it's circular. Yep. Also, what re really is important is that it's, it's converging and that there, there, are, there is some, uh, some downwelling, which means that you have some, uh, some uh, currents that are like kind of uh, diving in the middle, which will uh, make everything that floats go towards the same location. So it's really like the, the I think the whirlpool is maybe the, the, right. the best example because on top of that, uh, you have the, uh, the Coriolis uh, effect, uh, 
that will make the, the gyres from the northern um, uh, hemisphere uh, go in the uh, clockwise uh, direction, whereas the ones from the southern hemisphere are, are going counterclockwise. So it's, uh, it's similar to right. what you have in your, in your toilet uh, bowl, for example. Right, right. And so in short, you know, again, the, the pollution process really starts mainly on the land. The currents from yeah. the rivers and the plastic floating with those currents push them out to sea. And then as they make their way out to sea, the, the dominating strong currents of each ocean's gyre, right, actually trap the, the plastic in these large patches. And that's the big issue that we yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's a matter of how do we clean up those concentrations of plastic and I guess stop the pollution at the source from the rivers too. And that's where obviously the ocean cleanup comes in. And before we talk about the, the solutions and how you guys are tackling the cleanup process, one thing that, that would be really interesting to hear about is your role specifically. So you're a, a computational modeler or the lead computational modeler at the ocean cleanup. Can you just explain a little bit about what that means and what part of the process you're involved with in, in terms of modeling, you know, plastic pollution? Yeah. So um, first of all, we, we, we need to start, you know, by, by, by having an idea about the, the, the size and in terms of, of space, but also in terms of time that, that uh, a cleanup actually requires. First of all, it will require a lot of systems and it will require uh, 10, 20, 10, 20 years uh, to reach the objective that we've, uh, we've fixed in terms of uh, efficiency. And as you can imagine, it's, uh, it's very difficult to know uh, how our systems will perform over time and, and when put into a fleet. So you need somehow to be able to model that and to... Uh, to extrapolate the performance that we've been observing in, in the different field experiments that we've been doing into you know, um, uh, having a, a 10, 20 years operation. And th that's where the computational mod modeling comes at play. So um, the objective of my team is to uh, come up with some models uh, to actually predict the efficiency of the cleanup systems based on, you know, like the, the, the different uh, options that we have in terms of design. And to do that, uh, we've developed uh, what we call a multi-scale approach because um, the, the, let's say the plastic pollution uh, and, and the pollution in the, in the garbage patches actually starts at a global level. So uh, when, when you start, you know, uh, having to come with an answer to this problem, you need to start, you know, understanding how the plastic is actually moving in the ocean. And to do so, since all uh, oceans and rivers are connected with each other, you need to, to really start uh, at a global level. At this global level, we, we, we have... Uh, um, ocean models uh, that will give us the, the, the velocity of the ocean at the surface. We have the source uh, models, which will actually uh, give us uh, an idea of, you know, how the plastic is distributed uh, um, geographically in its, in its sources. So we have, uh, uh, let's say, different scenarios. For example, we have a, um, a coastal scenario, basically uh, uh, based on, you know, like the, the 
the amount of uh, mismanaged uh, waste uh, for you know different countries etc we have uh, river scenarios where we've made an estimation of the amount of plastic that is coming out of rivers we have uh, an aquaculture scenario where we we've made some estimations of the amount of plastic pollution coming out of the aquaculture activities um, we have a fishing scenario where we're, you know, looking at all the, the, the pollution coming out of uh, fishing activities, such as uh, derelict uh, fishing gear and, and whatnot. Uh, we have a shipping scenario because, you know, like the, the, the shipping activity also yields uh, some um, some uh, some pollution. For example, the, the, you know what they, they call the the. Uh, like the, the containers, the, the unidentified floating objects, yeah, uh, basically, um, uh, and all that uh, we 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 make it, you know, um, we, into uh, dispersal models, where actually we track uh, all, let's say, all the the pieces of plastic, and see what's what's their motion uh, in in the globe. and that will lead us to uh, maps of you know how much plastic density there is uh, everywhere on the globe. And, 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 and then we obviously we also need some measurements to sort of you know, calibrate our, our estimations. And then once we have these, uh, these maps of plastics, which are built at a global level, we, um, we have some models that will predict how the, the, the systems uh, are actually moving in the ocean. So you have on one hand the systems who are moving, then the plastic is moving, and since uh, the, the, the the plastic um, 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 collection by the systems is driven by the the relative velocity between the systems and the plastic, then we we, we need to understand you know like what uh, part of the ocean are the the systems sweeping. And it will give us, for example, uh, uh, an amount of, uh, of uh, kilograms of plastic available per, per week, per year, etc., per system. Right. And then they will, you know, as the cleanup, uh, you know, goes on, then uh, each system will remove that much plastic that is removed from the model, etc., yeah. Um, but that also requires to um, to understand, you know, like what's the impact of the system, you know, on the flow of plastic. So, for example, if you have a, uh, the, the, the plastic that is moving by itself and there is no system, it will move in a certain way. If you put the system in the water, uh, then the, the, the system itself will disturb the water velocity and can actually, you know, uh, disturb the, the 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 plastic velocity. So you, one can imagine that that you know, like uh, uh, if if the if the system is moving, then maybe you know the plastic will try to escape the system. These kind of things. And there we 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 we're also modeling, uh, you know, what's happening to these um, these uh, current lines once the the the, the system is actually uh, impacting the the flow of, uh, of, of water and thereby the, the motion of the plastic. So we, we, we need to bridge with this uh, multi-scale model. We need to bridge uh, the global scale uh, up to the centi centimeter scale, which is the scale at which we, we aim to, uh, to capture the, the plastic. So basically we are looking into a, 
plastics, like the, the lowest threshold in terms of plastic that we aim to catch is uh, the centimeter scale. Got it. So at a, in summary, basically, or the elevator pitch of your, of your team's role is to use you know, a lot of data to understand where the plastic's coming from, where it goes, and then how efficiently your systems pick it up. Yeah, I, I couldn't say it uh, any better. Okay, there we go. That's, uh, I'm glad that I, I have a full understanding of that. Um, so before we talk about the design of the systems and the solutions, I want to just stay one step back again. And I, I think that one of the biggest trends in anything related to the ocean or the blue economy, technology, resources, food, um, that many people don't understand are the implications that you know, the ocean has on their daily lives. And so making a connection back to, you know, someone walking down the street in New York City and how their, you know, health, their job, their, you know, enjoyable climate re relies on the health of the ocean is really important. And so with plastic pollution, obviously polluting the ocean is harming the health of the ocean, but it also harms our global economies, it harms our you know, nutrients and the food that we eat from the ocean, from fish. Um, can you just explain a little bit more about those, you know, some of those harmful impacts that ocean plastic pollution has on our daily lives, even if it's something that, again, is kind of out of sight, out of mind for a ton of people who you know, don't fully make that connection? Yeah, sure. Um, first of all, uh, one of the most striking numbers that one can can put, you know, is, is that we make the estimation that by 2050, there will be more plastic than fish in the ocean. So just to give an idea of, you know, how this, uh, this anthropic uh, pollution, uh, you know, how the, the ma mankind, which is like one single species, has been able to overcome by its creation, which is plastic, uh, the amount of, of, of fish in the ocean by 2050. If, you know, if things go as, as they've, they've been going, um, uh, if the trends keep on going that way. You have like hundreds of marine species uh, that are impacted by uh, plastic pollution. And now 95% of the marine birds have plastic in their body. Um, but then like when we say that it's hurting the marine species is because also on top of the food chain is man. And what happens with plastic, like pl if you take plastic per se, for example, if you take your, your Coca-Cola bottle and you grind it and you, you, you eat it, nothing will happen to you. The problem with plastic pollution and particularly the, what we call the marine uh, plastic pollution is that the, the, the nature of plastic makes it such that it's actually accumulating uh, pollutants and that the, you know, the more the plastic is actually makes its way uh, in the food chain, the, the higher the concentration in those pollutants. So in the end, the, 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 the fish that men will 
ultimately it uh, will will actually have all those pollutants concentrated in the end. So that's what I would say to uh, someone in New York City and thinking yeah, about yeah, throwing yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, not not. I mean, you cannot on but... one hand, you know, like eat sushi, and on the other hand, throw your plastic, your Coca Cola bottle in the ocean. Yeah, right. And so, there, I mean, really, that I mean, one, it's really striking that there's going to be, or there could be, if we don't do something about it, you know, more plastic in the ocean than there there are fish in the ocean, and the the food supply from the ocean is going to be critical, obviously, to supporting. A growing population on earth i mean we have to have yeah. protein from fish and other um you know food sources that are found in the ocean so it's, it's unbelievably important that we address the issue and you know really the way that you guys break it down which i think is a really it it, it outlines the issue very nicely and very simply is that there's the environmental impact, as you mentioned, of you know harming marine species in particular from plastic pollution. There's the economic impact that we actually incur, you know, mu multiple billions of dollars per of year course, yeah. from plastic pollution. Um, and then there's also the health impact for us directly. I mean, mm -hmm. as those plastics break down, just like you said, and they're consumed by the the marine species in the in the water column of the oceans we ultimately end up eating those microplastics and that's not good for our health so it, it really directly impacts everyone in one way or the other which is unbelievable and mm -hmm. really important to to elevate the the effort that you guys are moving forward with Maybe one thing I should also mention is that we we made a study to together with Deloitte on actually the cost of doing nothing because you know like for, for, for the for the rivers that that was quite a, an important uh, you know um, effort that, that that we felt like we 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 should be doing is to to actually come up with some you know some numbers of of you know like uh, if, if you go and talk to governments and you just say okay well bias uh, that many uh, um, uh, river cleanup systems and then they will be okay, yeah, but, you know, if, if we buy something, then it will cost us something. But then we say, okay, well, maybe it, it will actually cost you less than the amount that you're already spending on this, uh, on this plastic pollution. And it turns out that the, the, there are orders of magnitude between the cost of a, a river plastic solution and the cost that are, is currently being, like, in terms of, you know, like, loss in terms of, 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 of tourism and, and, you know, like the amount of money you need to, to pay to clean the beaches, et cetera, et cetera. When you add everything up, then you, it, it, turns, it turns out that, you know, cleaning the rivers, having cleaner rivers is actually a pretty beneficial move that one could make um, uh, in terms of, you know, economics. Right. And so, you know, I, I, we we haven't even touched on the the solution and how we address this issue. We've we've been talking about the doomsday scenarios and why it's so important. Which well, I think doomsday, is really... doomsday is uh, we're already like uh, getting there. I mean, we're getting there. How it is at the moment, you know, you know the state of of how it is is already very alarming. Right, and so that's why you know you guys are obviously just now reaching some really critical milestones to start 
mitigating and, and yeah. stopping the spread, obviously. And so I think timing is good to chat about how you're doing that. And one of the other things that I've, I've been really curious about is, you know, I kind of think about this like a, like a trash can, you know, you, you have a trash can in your house and as it gets full, you obviously have to empty the trash can or else it overflows. So the same thing I would guess applies here in that over time, this, you know, C-shaped capturing device, passive capturing device is going to fill up. So how do you remove it and remove the trash or empty the trash once it's filled up the, the capturing device? And how often do you think you'll have to do that? Yeah, so basically we, we, we were targeting, you know, around like every three months, two, three months, the, the emptying of those, um, the retention zone, because huh? uh, we are designing uh, um, sort of the, 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 the container that you, you are mentioning. So it's, uh, you need to see it as a, you know, um, a kind of a contraption with, uh, with uh, screens and this kind of thing. So it's, uh, it's not as solid as a, as a, a normal container, but it's a kind of, a, a, I don't know, a, sort of a, a pocket where yeah. the, 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 the plastic would be kept and also protected from you know like the the, the harsher uh, um, times where when you have like very high waves and this kind of thing yeah and then the fact that it's in this pocket also makes it quite easy afterwards to to be you know extracted because if we'd have you know like to sweep the whole area of the 300 meters that yeah, quite cumbersome right and, and that's let's say one of the the main items that we're currently, you know, looking at is, you know, how to make this uh, contraption um, as, uh, you know, as efficient as possible and, and as right. workable as possible. And so you, essentially you would, I would guess you're going to try and pick up this, you know, net or bucket out of the water and with a crane of some kind. and, and Yeah, and the, yeah exactly. More or less. Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I would get, you know, in the in the for the rivers you know the uh, you're basically deploying what you call interceptors and those interceptors are essentially conveyor belts that pick up trash that's directed straight onto them and then siphon those into a large dumpster bucket essentially exactly. that's empty and it's exactly. close to land so it's a much it's it's much easier and probably you know you'd have to cycle through that a lot faster i would guess in terms of how often you're emptying it mm -hmm. yeah yeah indeed i mean it's the the sort of the the main challenge when it comes to um, designing uh, cleanup systems for rivers is first of all the amount of plastic that is actually flowing in those rivers so we're you know you have some some of those rivers are actually having like a, a in the thousands of tons per year coming out of the river. So you, 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 you might expect like a few tens of tons sometimes per day. Right. So, right. and then like, if you, if you, but I'm, I'm talking about dry weight, dry plastic. Yep. And if you bring it into volumes, that makes like huge volumes uh, that, 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 were required. So the, the first the, the first issue was to to make a, a system that could handle so much waste. 
and also we wanted something off the grid that was you know you need energy for this uh, conveyor belt and uh, our challenge was to come up with something that would be self-powered in order to be working uh, 24/7 with or without sun and and yeah. I'm talking about sun because we're we're getting all our energy from uh, solar panels okay gotcha and so you guys have interceptors deployed already i'm not sure how many yes. you already um, we have, have we have two of them uh, actually three of them sorry we have one in uh, indonesia in uh, in the sangarang uh, drain uh, we have one in Malaysia, in the Klang River, and we have one in uh, uh, Dominican Republic, in uh, Rio Osama. And uh, uh, maybe you've 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 seen some of those uh, scary uh, videos uh, of uh, of you know like the, the sort of uh, waves of plastic that were you know like crashing in Dominican yeah. Republic, and the 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 beach where these uh, footages were are taken is actually like next to the mouth of Rio Osama. So uh, okay, we'll, gotcha. we'll, we'll have a, a, a living proof that our system is actually have, has an impact once those beaches will be uh, cleaner. Cleaned up. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the pictures, especially down in Indonesia too, of, you know, surfers out in, you know, like, I mean, it literally looks like they're surfing on plastic in the first meter of water it's it's amazing but uh in a bad way obviously and you mentioned earlier so you, you have a couple interceptors four interceptors deployed already or, or built already and then you have i believe the, deployed the first ocean cleanup system right well first... we, we've we've been uh, uh trying out those uh okay. up till now so getting a lot of uh, you know field experiments and, and you know each time we 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 deployed them alongside a, a, a survey vessel um, that actually costs quite some money. So we would go there for three to six months and and collect yeah. some data and then you know go back to the drawing board and 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 you know improve the technology and, until we're confident that we can you know deliver on our promise. Yeah, and so. You know, in terms of delivering on the promise, that's a good that's a good uh, pivot point. What is the goal? I mean, the goal is obviously to clean up all the plastic in the ocean, but I think your number at the ocean cleanup is ninety percent. So yeah. remove ninety percent of the plastic in the ocean. Um, how long? And and I know that's a huge goal, obviously, right? That's something that you mentioned earlier is going to probably take a few decades potentially. Yeah. How long in, will it take? Do you think to clean up 90% of the great Pacific patch. Let's just start yeah, that's, with where you guys the, are starting. You know, the, the numbers that were, you know, the objective and the numbers that we're playing with, uh, as you mentioned, is 90% in 20 years. So that's the, okay. that's the goal. So the, the, and that's the all global. the models and the, all the overall system assessments that we do are based on, you know, like cleaning the objective, you know, like test, uh, several designs so some designers will say okay you need a thousand of those systems some others will be like 60 of those systems like yeah. you know for the, the optimistic ones and then uh, and then you know like we we, we you know we tweak uh, our you know different design um, um, uh, levers uh, in order to match with this uh, objective okay um yeah wow and so 
what happens once, I mean, let's say, you know, 20 years down the line, you guys accomplish this goal, right? You remove 90% of the plastic, but there's still 10%. Why not? Is it not possible to remove 100%? I mean, it's obviously not a perfect system and there's always going to be some pollution, but why 90% not more? Yeah, I think, you know, the trade-off, because obviously like having those systems out and, and, and you know, like... Um, uh, running uh, actually costs money yeah and you know it's it's it's, it's really a trade-off you know like um, after after 90 percent so first of all uh, the, the we're saying that the you know the, the plastic doesn't disappear by itself yeah uh, that's that's in general that's true but you know overall you if you have you know 10 percent left after a certain time like if you if we've been able to close the tap obviously uh, then uh, this 10 percent will go away eventually uh, being degraded etc and, 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 and you know like the i mean the, the remaining 10 percent's impact will be much lower than if it were uh, 10 times more so right. um so you know like the, the the economics and you know it's uh it's uh it's really the 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 80 20 rule you know at, at some point you need to find the the the, the right uh, balance because obviously we won't be able to remove the last bit of plastic in the ocean anyhow so so we yeah. felt that 90 percent was not only you know having a dent on the problem but really like solving a big big amount of it yeah yeah, absolutely. And so I guess ideally then you wouldn't have to have the passive ocean-based systems deployed, you know, permanently. But to you know, even when you once you've removed 90% of the plastic from the ocean, that doesn't mean that the rivers will stop being polluted. So the interceptors, I would assume then would have to be more or less a permanent solution to make sure that you stop that from the source unless, you know, there are alternatives on land that stop or educate people to stop i mean you know uh, i think it 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 should be a a a global effort i mean we were at the ocean cleanup we're definitely coming with with with, you know a a technological solution because we we assume that you know if if we would have to go after like every seven billion people on on earth and and educate them to prevent really the, the the plastic from being consumed in the first place or being you know uh, um, bad disposed of then uh, um, you know it, it would be it, it would be a very very challenging job uh, that's and and given the urgency of the problem we felt like you know using technology to uh, to to try to solve part of it uh, was the, the the fastest solution and and then obviously i mean it, it it would actually give us you know like 20 20 years to 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 educate people because that's yeah. you know one generation like and 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 then uh, obviously i mean like all the the you know the you know you, you have you heard about the deepser uh, approach when you have um, uh, an environmental uh, problem you have the the, the driver which is, you know, like the reason why uh, the, the, the good that is, would be creating the, the pollution uh, is, is, uh, is made. So, for example, you know, if, if, if I take the example of the, of the, the six ring, uh, the, the six pack ring, you know? Yep. 
then you know the driver would be okay well i i i want to be able to carry my uh, my six pack uh, to uh, to you know to have some drinks uh, with some friends uh, outdoors okay so that's why the, the the six pack ring was was invented then you have the 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 pressure uh, which is the p uh, is actually you know uh, ending up uh, trashing uh, and and having uh, i don't know your 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 or gadget, a garbage can is, is, is full and you don't want to put it, you put it on top of the garbage can, you have some wind that just like uh, makes the, the, the six pack ring, the, 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 the rings uh, fall on the ground and then they will end up in the river and that will create a stress. So it's the S, so it's, it's starting the stress on the ecosystem. And then you have the impact will be actually when your your um, your six pack ring will will end up you know suff suffocating um, the uh, a, a, a turtle for example. Yeah. And 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 you know we every step of the of the you know the traveling of this uh, of this six pack ring need to be addressed. So you can come up with an action on the driver. So. Let's not go and have drinks outdoors, which would be, you know, a little bit, you know, hurting yeah, our behaviors. Might be a tough sell. Okay, we don't need that. <laughs> then you have the 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 pressure, which is you you know like having invented those six pack ring in plastic. Well, now there is a, a company that is actually making edible six mm. pack rings, and that's the and and then you know the the rest of the problem is just just disappears. So, you know, for each step, there is kind of a solution. So right. we're acting on the impact, so a little downstream, but, you know, at every step upstream, there, there, there has to be a solution. And, and if, you know, we can improve uh, things at each of those steps, I, we believe that eventually, you know, like we, we won't have to act on the, on the impact because there won't be any. There won't be any pollution. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So you guys are obviously addressing the, the end portion of the cycle where the plastic is in the ocean. And then or you're also the addressing, already. right. So you're, and then in addition to the ocean, you're addressing the source of the plastic, making it to the ocean with the rivers. Yeah. But the source of the source is the land-based solutions that we need to come up with yeah. to mitigate and yeah. stop and, you know, the spread. And, I mean, at the ocean cleanup, we are not, you know, we are not actively uh, uh, working on further upstream. Yeah. Uh, because of course we can do a lot of things, and I mean, we, we, we need somewhat some uh, some focus also. Yeah. And but we believe that you know the story and and the outreach that we've had with the ocean cleanup has some kind of educational you know strength that would actually help the upstream as well by just having people know about the problem yeah i would uh, i mean i i personally have learned a lot from the ocean cleanup i mean i know that i work in the industry and i'm someone who's really passionate about the oceans and care about them uh, you know greatly for my own personal benefit but um you know i was not aware of the extent of the ocean plastic pollution until you guys really came onto into the mainstream. And before I actually worked in the industry, um, I was very familiar with you guys. And I, I think that many people are in the same boat. And that's really cool to see, you know, the impact that you're having in spreading the word about 
ocean plastic pollution and, and how it can be addressed um, and why it's cool to address it and why it's necessary to address it. So that's been amazing to watch. And you guys have had an immense amount of traction from that in the last couple of years, at least. So um, I would say well done on that front. Um, so I guess, you know, we're running out of time. We're, we're already talking, you know, and we could continue to talk for multiple more hours about all the different things you guys are working on. Um, and, and I think that the end of the story is really that you're solving a huge problem that has global impacts or contributing to solving this problem by helping to close really what is a deadly cycle of plastic pollution that starts from, you know, different various sources on land and um, flows into rivers and then gets caught in islands of plastic that float in our oceans. And so um, I would just highly recommend to anyone listening to go and check out the Ocean Cleanup's website to learn more about, you know, getting educated on how this happens and how they're stopping it with their technology and, um, you know, understanding how we can also contribute at an individual level to help mitigate it. Because even though it is out of sight, like we've talked about many times today throughout our conversation, um, it shouldn't really be out of mind because it has direct implications on everything that we do on land and, and our health as a, a planet and our you know quality of our economy. So um, yeah, it's been really great to have you on Bruno and I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me and it was a great conversation as well. If you're interested in supporting the Ocean Cleanup, visit their website at theoceancleanup.com. There, you can make a donation or purchase merchandise, including sunglasses made from plastic removed from the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. The best thing you can do to prevent ocean pollution is to stop it at the source by disposing of trash properly or avoiding single-use plastic altogether. Together, we can make a difference in the health and cleanliness of our oceans. As always, we are looking for new ways to bring together those with an interest in our blue planet. Tune in again in two weeks to hear from more inspiring entrepreneurs, technologists, and activists who are building the blue vision for the future.